Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish your body, mind, and spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, and love fiercely, and probably make a lot of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours, Julie, Claire. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of the Yours, Julie podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, but you know that if you listen to the intro. And before we get started on today's episode, I have to apologize in advance There is always some type of home repair or construction happening in the building where I live, and I'm pretty sure somewhere on my floor today, someone is about to bust through the wall. I don't know what they're replacing, I don't know what they are doing, but there is an incessant knocking noise happening. I don't know if it's transmitting here through the mic, but if you're like, man, Claire has terrible background noise in her podcast, apologies, kind of out of my control for the day. Also apologizing in advance to all of the clients who I'm speaking with today because it might be a little loud on Claire's end. But we are here for episode 53 of the Yours Truly podcast. I just got back from a weekend of travels. I'm playing a little bit of catch up here. One of my friends from college got married down in Wilmington, North Carolina. So I was able to take a little road trip with some of my college friends, spend some time in the sun. If anyone lives down in that area, it is beautiful. I normally, when I think of North Carolina, I think of like the Outer Banks. And then I think of like the Raleigh-Durham area. I, I really forget that there's a whole other entire coastline that is absolutely gorgeous. The weather was amazing, got some vitamin D, synthesized it thanks to my liver and my kidneys, feeling really good and a little bit tired actually coming back into the week because when you're traveling, the travel days were really long, you know, it, it does take a lot out of you. So this is just a gentle reminder here. I've talked about intuitive eating while traveling on a prior episode. I believe that was episode like 48 or 49 or maybe it was even 50. So if you want to hear that full discussion on how to handle traveling in a way that positively helps your relationship with food rather than harms it, um, go listen to that episode. But this is just a gentle reminder, as I know, We are coming towards the end of the summer season. We're all going to be going back to work and school soon and all of this that happens. But I want you to just be mindful of taking some rest, taking care of your body. Because when you're off of your normal schedule, when you're traveling, when you're existing off of your normal pattern, it does take a lot out of you. And I know the tendency is when you get back to your normal routine, you're like, I got to crush it this week. Or I have to air quote, get back on track. Or I got to wake up insanely early to get all of the things done that I've been neglecting over the past weekend or the past week. And I know the tendency to do that is normal, but I just want to encourage you to be gentle with yourself because the whole point of vacation is to take time for yourself and to keep that momentum rolling as you come back into air quote normal life. The point is not to go from zero to 100 and break your back and bring all of that stress and all that anxiety back into your life post vacation. I know that's a tendency, but just know 
you will get all of the things done. Your body needs rest even after coming off of a week of rest. So if you don't feel like getting up and crushing it at the gym or going for that 5 a.m. run, that's okay. I know that's not what diet culture tells us, but literally, guys, this morning today I woke up my whole body felt glued to the bed. I was like, man, I am so tired and I intended to get up early to do my move freely practice, but you know what? Maybe that just isn't in the cards for me today. So I slept in a little bit more, got up and did some work, and I actually had a little bit of time to squeeze in a gentle walk because that is what sounded good. So if you're coming off of some summer travels, if you're maybe coming off of them in the near future, you're heading into some travels, just go with the theme of our podcast. Be gentle with yourself because breaking your back over all that needs to be done, adding more stress onto your life to adhere to diet rules or to a workout plan really is not healthy in and of itself even if that's the intention. So that's my little plea for you here in the beginning as I come off of my travels because that has been heavy on my mind and on my heart. But before we get into today's episode, which is titled, Don't You Have Anything Better To Do? Which I'm sure you're like, what the heck is Claire going to be talking about today? Got my sassy pants back on. But before we get to that theme of today's podcast, we have to feature our Yours Truly Goal Slaying post of the week. So last week on the podcast intro with my good friend Nathan Baldwin, which if you haven't caught that episode, go back and catch it. We talk all about how not to fall into the intuitive eating diet, which is really cool. But what I talked about in the beginning with my Goal Slayer feature was a challenge that we have going on in the Facebook community. Well, it's technically over, air quote now, even though I've encourage my goal slayers to continue posting, continue taking down diet culture with their daily actions. But the challenge was called hashtag down with diet culture. So the whole premise was whenever a goal slayer approached a behavior or a habit in their life that maybe had a lot of old diet rules tied to it. Like for example, I can't eat after 6 p.m. because of X, Y, and Z random reason, or I can't have carbohydrates, or I have to always work out for the same amount of time each day. Whenever that thought came up in their mind, I challenged them to take an opposite action. Ask, is that really what I want to do? Or is that an arbitrary diet rule, a residual something, something from a past diet that I was on that's not actually helpful for my life? If it's the latter, then challenge yourself to take that opposite action, do something different and snap a picture, post it in our community, our free private Facebook community so that you can see the progress you are making and other people can be inspired by you and support you along the way. So Like I said a couple of moments ago, the challenge is officially over now. We have already announced our winner, but we had just shy of 100 posts in the Facebook group. When I first did this, I was like, yay, I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. But I had no idea that this community was going to latch on and encourage each other and support each other to really do some awesome things over the past week and helping to improve their relationship with food, movement in their own body, overcoming disordered behaviors around food and movement, super diety. It's just, it was so cool to see. And I'm, as you can see, I'm kind of like stumbling and I'm reaching for words here because it blew my mind how much these people put into this challenge. So the featured post that I want to talk about today is from one of my one-on-one clients who kind of combined a down with diet culture post in with her takeaway from our one-on-one coaching call. So she writes, 
This week, I am blown away by the steps I've been taking in this journey. From knocking down diet rules to challenging my heartburn issue, I am now moving freely and I'm a little nervous, but I can't help but have a sense of confidence. I have been leaving my restrictive old life behind and I'm learning new ways to gently move towards where I want to be. I remember when dieting, I would say things like, quote, I'm making a lifestyle change, or this is how I should have been eating from the beginning, end quote. I look back at that now, and diet culture was just grooming me to be their star student. Now I'm failing at diet culture, but I'm rocking intuitive eating, and I truly feel like I'm making lifestyle changes because they are the styles of living that benefit my life and not just my waist size. So yeah, I believe that my body will tell me how it wants to move. It hasn't let me down before. Thank you everyone for being so transparent and supportive on this platform and a big thank you to Claire for creating a place where we can flourish and each share our journeys. Hashtag down with diet culture. So I want to thank all of my goal slayers who participated in this challenge, especially this one who wrote the awesome takeaway where she really outlines that the habit changes and the choices she is making now are because that is how she feels best and that is how she wants to live and she has reasoning behind that. It's not simply to live up to Weight Watchers rules or a macro tracking's rules. It really is because she wants to live this way and it's something that she sees herself continuing and building momentum along the way rather than starting out with a lot of momentum and then watching that peter out over time, which is what we know happens with diets. They give us that false promise at the beginning. Well, you're going to look this way or all of your cravings are going to air quote vanish which is total BS. We know that's not actually going to happen, but they give us these false promises and we start out with a lot of momentum because we are excited to make that change and achieve what we've always wanted to be. But we realize the habits that those diets are teaching us are not actually a lifestyle change because they're not teaching us the life that we want to live and we lose momentum over time. And then we get discouraged and then we're like, well, what do I do next? And we hop back on the diet train and it is this cycle that never ends. But what she has found here with intuitive eating is when we start the process a little bit more slowly, when we unwrite some diet rules, when we listen to our body to figure out like, hey, what does hungry for me actually feel like? How do I like certain foods? How do I not like other foods? What does my fullness feel like? How am I using food to cope with other things in my life? When we get answers to these questions, we build momentum along the way because we gain confidence and we know the changes that we are making are ones that build a life that we actually want to be living in, not one where we are just making choices like she said here in her post based on the waist size that we want to get to. So I am so proud of each and every one of my goal slayers. And you know, if you have been here on the podcast before, this is the time where I invite you, if you are not hanging out with us already in the Yours Truly Goal Slaying Facebook community, I invite you to come join us. If you've been listening to this podcast for more than like five episodes and you're not already there, you're probably sick of me talking about this. So you might as well come and see what all of the hype is about. 
but it really is a place to gain so much support, so much momentum, and just learn how to go from dieting, from macro tracking, from calorie counting, from keto, intermittent fasting, Whole30, like all of these versions of diet culture and transition to your best and most confident form of being an intuitive eater. So if you're interested in joining our community, it is free, but it is a private community that requires an application to join so that I can get to know you and I can let you know kind of the ground rules of the community to keep it being the best place on the internet. But if you're looking for that application, you can simply go to my bio on Instagram at Claire Tuning, hit the link tree there and it will be there. It is the the private Facebook community application. The other way that you can access the group is if you simply go to Facebook and you type in the search bar, the Yours Truly Goal Slayers, it will come up as a private community you can request to join and I will simply shoot you a private message with the application. And we do have to be friends for you to join this group so you can shoot me a friend request as well. Kind of killed two birds with one stone there. So that is all I have to say in the beginning segment here on the pod. You know what's coming next if you listen to the podcast week in and week out. We got to put in our fancy transition music. Da, 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 da. And we are here at today's topic of the podcast, Don't You Have Anything Better to Do? For some reason, when I was just saying that, I felt like I transformed into like an annoying talk show host where it's like, this week on, don't you have anything better to do? Like that, that is really what I felt like when I was saying that. So what I mean by this is it's going to be short and sweet because this has simply been a topic that has been coming up so much in my one-on-one coaching calls with my clients. And I find that phrasing it this way and asking ourselves this simple question when we're stuck in the midst of trying to take down a diet rule or break a dieting habit it becomes a really handy question to ask ourselves because it really puts it into perspective of how we are using our time and how we want to spend our lives. So what I mean by this or what I want you to do with this, I guess my reasoning and bringing this to the podcast is I want to give you two scenarios that I see happening very often with a past version of myself, with my clients, with people who send me DMs asking questions or asking for advice along the intuitive eating path is that you see that there are two main scenarios where we really are tempted to fall into diet culture thinking. Of course, diet culture is, like one of my clients called it, the water that we swim in. So it is everywhere and we are bound to fall into these old habits or these diet culture ways in many facets of our life. But these two examples I'm going to give are the areas in which I see people falling into them most often and spending the most time in them that really does take away from other areas of their life. Situation A is the kitchen or anything involving food. So it could be the kitchen, it could be the grocery store, it could be a restaurant. Just think any place where you are contemplating what to eat or what to put on your plate. And the second way in which I see this happening or the second place is when we are looking into the reflecting glass or when we are looking into the mirror. So let's start with situation A or situation number one, which is any place involving food intake. 
So you know if you have been living through diet culture rules and eating disorder, disordered habits around food, that when you go to eat something, there are a lot of metaphorical boxes that you feel like you need to check off. Is this air quote clean enough, good enough? Uh, not filled with too many carbohydrates? Is it whole foods enough, right? Is it all of these things that we have picked up from diet culture along the way? I kind of view this metaphor like you are in one of those Velcro costumes that you maybe used to put on at birthday parties when you were younger and you used to run at the Velcro wall and you see what sticks. Well, I really kind of think of diet culture as the same way. We are running through life in this Velcro suit and every diet that we go to, something sticks to us and it clings to us and it doesn't really detach itself until we take the whole dang suit off, which would be intuitive eating. I don't really know if that metaphor resonates with you, but it resonates with me. So when you are heading into an eating situation and you've had that Velcro suit on for a really long time, maybe for months, for years, for decades even, as some of my clients would tell you, then eating, which is supposed to be simple, which is supposed to be easeful because you were bored knowing how to do it, becomes something that is not any of those things. It is hard, it is stressful, it is exhausting when you go to put your meal together. So what I want you to think about when you are heading into the kitchen and you find yourself inevitably getting trapped into this rabbit hole where you are listening to all of those rules that are attached to this metaphorical Velcro suit. Instead of going down that rabbit hole and literally taking minutes, hours, days even to make a food decision or having that food decision sit with you for longer than it needs to after the fact, meaning looking back and reflecting and feeling guilty, feeling shameful, feeling terrible after you made that decision, instead of doing that, because I think we can all agree that it's not helpful, it does not help us get to where we actually want to be in life, and it's probably not a way that we want to spend our time because we got other things to do, I simply want you to ask yourself, and this takes the level of awareness to even know that you're doing it, but when you start to hear yourself saying these things, the should, the shouldn't, the can, the can't, the bad, the good, all of these moralizing terms, these black and white terms associated with food, I want you to just step back and ask yourself, hey, don't I have something better to do with my one life that I have been given? Don't I have somebody to talk to? Don't I have a project to work on? Don't I have a change to make in my life that's actually going to get me to be at a better place? If your answer is yes, which I hope that it is because your purpose in life was not to be a walking, talking calorie counter. It was not to be a slave to an eating disorder. It was not to be the number one fan of counting points or Weight Watchers. The whole point of your life is bigger than that. I'm not going to tell you what the point of your life is because I don't know you. or Maybe I do know you, but I don't know who's listening right now. So I'm not going to tell you what the point of your life is. But I can guarantee you that it is bigger than standing in the kitchen and trying to talk yourself out of the ice cream. Or it is bigger than going out to dinner and being so stressed out about the calories on the menu or maybe what you should order when you have a whole table of friends there who love you and who want to talk to you. It is bigger than going to a holiday dinner with your friends and family and feeling like you can't eat when everybody else is enjoying the food. 
The purpose of your life is so much bigger than that, and you have better things to do with your time and attention. So that is step number one. It is simply that question to ask yourself, because I know none of this is easy. You're not going to ask yourself this this one time, and you're going to be like, I'm healed, because that is not how it works. (laughs) That is not how intuitive eating works. It is a process, and it takes you doing things like this time after time. But by simply asking yourself a question along these lines, it gives you perspective because it allows you to zoom out and say, you know what? I do have so many other more important things today that need my time, that need my attention, that need my energy, and I don't really need to be stressing out about this. So I'm going to put the food on my plate that feels satisfying to me, that sounds good, that I know will help me to feel good. I'm just going to pay attention to how I feel throughout, and then I'm going to move the heck on with my day to all of those other things that need my time and attention. So that is situation number one when we're talking about the kitchen. Situation number two when we're talking about being in the bathroom or in front of the mirror or in a dressing room, all of those places where we are tempted to linger, to hover in front of the mirror, and to pick apart places on our body right? We have all been here before. I can speak for myself and I can likely speak for anyone who is listening because this is something that comes up with every client who I have ever worked with. So if you're one of these people who find yourself standing in front of the reflecting glass, standing in front of that mirror, picking yourself apart for all of the things that you don't love or all of the things that you want to change, you're not alone. And that is not a fault of your own because, again, the culture that we live in, this water that we swim in, which is diet culture, makes us believe that if we don't pick ourselves apart or if we are not, air quote, perfect living up to these societal standards, then we're not worthy. Then we're not good enough. Then we're not doing an, air quote, good enough job of taking care of ourselves. But I want to ask you that simple question. Flash back to whenever you may have done this before. Maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was a year ago. Maybe it was a week ago. Maybe it was two seconds before you listened to this podcast. Put yourself in the mindset that you were in when you did this to yourself. When you walked away from this experience... Did you feel positive about your life? Did you feel like you were going to go out and make healthful, positive changes to your own health and to interact with the world with who you want to be? Probably not. And and I'm pausing here for dramatic effect because it really is important to put this into perspective, that it is human nature to do this, again, because we are taught to do this, but it doesn't lead anyone to a better place of making positive and healthful changes from a good intention. Sure, you may have walked away from that mirror being like, man, I'm going to make a change and I'm never going to eat bread again because it makes my stomach look like that. So yeah, you may feel motivated to make a change, but it's not coming from an intention to nourish or to fuel your body. It is likely not going to be a motivation that lasts because some of these foods that we cut out are these endeavors that we feel like we must go on after picking ourselves apart. They're not sustainable. 
they're not fun, and they're not going to last us a lifetime. So when you have walked away from those experiences of picking yourself apart, have you actually ever felt good or motivated to make a change in your life that was true and genuine and not motivated by a diet reason? I know my answer is no. And it does take a lot of time to get to a place where you see yourself in the mirror and you're like, hey body, you're awesome. Like, thank you so much for getting to where I am in life or helping to get me there. It takes a lot to get there. And I'm not making this sound like it's going to be a, you know, flip of a light switch. Like tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to say something neutral or positive, And then you're going to be there and you're going to love your body and you're going to appreciate it because it's not going to happen like that most likely. But one thing I want to give you again, coming back to our theme of today's episode, when you find yourself falling into that trap, of standing in front of the mirror because it's a habit and looking at all of the parts of your body that you don't have acceptance with quite yet, that you don't enjoy, that you don't feel positive about. When you are standing there and you start to fall into that habit of saying, I wish my arms looked like this, or I can't believe X, Y, and Z looks like this, or how did I let this happen? Instead of going down that rabbit hole, reel it in here, get this 10,000 foot view perspective and simply ask yourself, don't I have something better to do with my one precious life with my energy, with my attention, than to sit here and pick myself apart. Don't I have something better to do than that? Again, I hope that your answer is yes, because like I told you a moment ago with the calorie counting, with it being a walking, talking macro tracker, your purpose in life is not to sit here and pick yourself apart or to sit here and take yourself down. And nine times out of 10, that's definitely not going to get you to where you want to be. We do all of these things out of disgust or out of hatred. And we think, again, this is diet culture telling us, but we think that in one mythical land creature type of day, that by doing this, that one day we're going to love where we are, that one day we're going to love how we look, that we're going to love our bodies, but we think we're going to get there through hating ourselves and through talking to ourselves this way along the way, something doesn't really add up there. As one of my clients so aptly brought to my attention one day, this is a quote that she heard, and it has stuck with me ever since, that we can't hate our way into a life that we love. So when you're standing there in front of the mirror, and because it's habit, because it's how you were taught to talk about your body, and you're tearing yourself down, you're saying these hateful or these spiteful or these simply not kind or not neutral or uplifting things, we can't expect that that attitude is going to get us to a place where we can appreciate and respect our bodies, where we can love our bodies. Again, I always talk about appreciation and respect first before we talk about love because we can all appreciate what our bodies do. We can all appreciate that we can digest food, that we wake up in the morning and that we can move around, whatever that may mean for you. We can respect our bodies and we can learn to take care of them before we get to this whole idea of body positivity and loving. And it really is this stepwise process. But I really want you when you're in this mode 
in order to step a little bit closer to simply looking at your body from a neutral perspective or doing more impactful things with your time and energy that instead of standing there and picking yourself apart, ask that brief question, say, yeah, actually Claire was right. I do have better things to do and then walk away, put the clothes on, go to work. End of story. As my dad would always say, or I don't know, wake up in the morning get it done, leave your house. Like whatever it may be, we don't need to be spending extra time picking ourselves apart in front of the mirror because it is not helpful. It does not teach healthy habits and it is not going to get us to a place where we simply love our life one day and it's magic. It doesn't work that way. So I hope this episode met you where you were at today. I really just wanted it to be a quick, simple, fast, little tactical episode where when you're falling into these traps, whether this surfaces for you in the kitchen or in a restaurant, or maybe it really is a mirror or a bathroom issue for you, or maybe it comes up in another facet of your life. But when you find yourself falling into the trap of spending way too much time thinking about food or your body in a non-helpful and in an unhealthy way, you can just come back to this question, put it all into perspective that you have better things to be doing with your one precious life, with the 24 hours that you have in a day, with your energy, with your attention, and with your spirit than to do all of these negative things. And with that, the banging in my house is getting louder. I think they're about to come through the wall. I'm having a little bit of a hard time focusing because all I can hear is the banging, but I hope this episode was helpful for you. As always, if it was helpful, if you found some little tidbit here of value, some knowledge nugget that you are going to take away and apply to your own life, maybe start asking yourself this question that I use, that all of my clients use, then I would really be appreciative if you could tap that five-star rating, if you could leave us a review, take a brief moment out of your day so that this message can start to reach more of the people who need to hear it. And speaking of that, if you love this episode, if you love any other episodes of the Yours Truly podcast, I would again be super appreciative if you could take a screenshot of wherever you are listening to this episode, upload it to your favorite social media channel, to your story, tag me at Claire Tuning so that your friends, your dog, your mom, your dad, whoever else needs to hear this message can see it, they can find it, and they can hopefully start learning to spend their time, their energy, and their attention in more helpful ways as well. So until next time, yours truly, Claire.